like radio, less like crap. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show, because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. Weird thing. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Happy National Beer Day, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. Tuesday, April 7th, 2015. Yes, National Beer Day, an unofficial holiday in the U.S. celebrated every year on April 7th, celebrating the ending of Prohibition when people could buy, sell, and drink beer for the first time in 12 years. Yes, I'm reading that off Wikipedia. But uh, it goes on to say National Beer Day, celebration of the Cullen Harrison Act being signed into law by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. On March 22nd, 1933, the law went into effect on April 7th of that year, allowing people to buy, sell, and drink beer again as long as, oh, as long as it was less than 4% ABV. People across the country responded by gathering outside breweries, some beginning the night before. On that first day, 1.5 million barrels of beer were consumed, inspiring the future holiday. Today, April 7th is recognized as National Beer Day. April 6th is known as New Beer's Eve. Yeah. So, um, yeah, happy uh, happy National Beer Day. Um, really quick, I'm just going to get into um, what I've purchased over the past week, and then uh, we will be having a special guest very briefly. So I uh, actually managed to get two bottles of Founders KBS 2015. I got to give a stick tap to uh, Brian for that. I don't want to blow up a spot, so I'm not giving any... Further details on that, but I very much appreciate him helping me out with that. Uh, six, po- uh, six Point Abigail, I got a six-pack of that. And I got a growler of Cane Port Omna, which is delicious. I, I love just about anything from Cane. Um, and I'm trying to think if... Uh, I don't think I've purchased anything else. My, my, fridge is getting, my fridge is getting very, very empty again. Uh, let's see. Go... Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, I I think the only stuff I have I have the KBS in there. Uh, one KBS I'm gonna I'm gonna drink. The other one I'm gonna let age for a bit. Um, got a couple other things I'm cellaring. I got a bottle of beer in there. Not bottle of beer. Bottle of beer. Bottle of wine. Of course I have a bottle of beer. What am I saying? And I got my growler. Yeah, I'm almost out of beer again. It's crazy. So um, I don't know what the hell's going on with that. I'm gonna have to. Go out and buy more beer tomorrow, or maybe I'll just finish that bottle of wine tomorrow night and 
kind of let it go with that. Um, let's see. Oh, of course, you know, it completely forgot. This is episode number 105. I am numbering these, so I kind of keep tabs on them. And um, if people do want to Skype in after, after, um, after the, uh, after the guest, of course, uh, Skype name, alcohol by volume, or the phone number 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Um, so, um, while I wait for our illustrious guest, um, a few little news stories that I'll kind of tease here, um, just little, little bits and pieces. Um, there's another cease and desist between a couple breweries, so I will get into that. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of tomfoolery that I, that I noticed in, um, April Fool's Day. I don't know why. It just it didn't seem like there was a lot in going on in the beer world. There were a couple things I picked up after the fact, but I don't think there was a single thing that I really came across on April Fool's Day itself. And I'm I'm kind of surprised because last year there was a lot of stuff going on, and I don't know if all the brewers just kind of blew their wad last year and decided, ah, screw it this year. You know, I'm not going to deal with it. Um, the funny thing is, I I didn't see a lot of April Fool's stuff on the internet. Um, there was, I'm trying to think if I even saw anything from uh, from ThinkGeek. I'm assuming they did something, but I really don't remember now. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, oh, hold on. Uh, phone, phone was blinking. It was distracting me. Uh, oh, Roy Black on Crack says it's also the five-year anniversary of the revolution in Kyrgyzstan. Okay, you know what? I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. So, everybody, welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Spradley. How's it going? Uh, going pretty good. So, uh, you've got the you've got the premiere tonight. I do, I do. It's been a busy, busy, busy day. Yeah, I, I, I kind of gathered, and I've, I've been trying to, <laughs> I've been trying to promote as much as I can for you too. I appreciate that. I've seen uh, several retweets and favorites. Um, definitely appreciate that. Definitely need a lot more of those. Uh, yep. Keep trying to do different things and get social media to uh, light, light up the boards a little bit. But I think that um, in a little less than an hour. I think that'll uh, that'll hopefully happen. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I I know I'm going to be watching it um, pr- probably after my show tonight. I'll I'll bring that up. And I know you're you're doing a um a viewing party at the uh, petrol station in Houston tonight. I am. Uh, yeah, petrol station is uh, that's my go-to bar in Houston. That's um, that's when I know that I want to go hang out at a place, then just have a good craft beer and some good food. That is my place. Uh, it's not far from my house, and uh, I'm friends with the owner and uh, and his family, and just a great place to go. Just it, just this, you know, that cool vibe kind of place you yeah. go to. Yeah, you know, just I love it. Uh, and I think a lot of people have probably heard of Petrol Station, even outside of Houston, because it ends up on a lot of uh, favorite bar lists. Oh, and um, you know, it's funny is. Sometimes we think of it sort of like we used to think about Austin. It's like people quit talking about it. Other people are going to find out about it. Exactly. You kind of want to 
keep it keep it your secret so you don't have the lines around the block kind of thing going <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. It's like, you know, stay away, people. Petrol sucks. Don't go. Don't go. <laughs> so, um, okay, so the premiere is uh, covering Deschutes out of uh, Bend, Oregon. Yes, it is. Now, having never been to Oregon myself, all I really know about the state is that there's a lot of great craft beer there. A um, lot. Now, what uh, I know you're covering like travel highlights in the show too. Yes. So, what kind of travel highlights can we expect to see in the premiere? Well, so one of the ideas uh, that we wanted to incorporate into the show, um, besides obviously beer and uh, food and pairings and such, is what else do people do? You know, I mean, granted, there are the geeks of us that. You know, we go to Bend, we're going to try and visit all 24 breweries, like something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's really all we want to do. But for the average person, they, they're going to probably do a few other things. And whether, you know, it's because the wife wants to do something or the kids want to do something or because they enjoy the outdoors, as is, you know, the case with Bend. Uh, so tonight you are going to uh, see me do a little mountain biking. Uh, we'll do some hiking through the area, some of the water sports. Um, the Shoots River goes through uh, Bend, and you know a lot of stand-up paddle boarding and kayaking and fly fishing. Um, and then uh, you know it's winter time uh, up there. Well, I guess it's still winter time. Yeah. <laughs> so you were going to see me take my shot at snowboarding for the first time. I know I saw a little bit of that in the teaser too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a hard hit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what they. I was up there for a week while we were filming the uh, travel stuff, and the first time we went up there uh, to film, they had not gotten uh, any fresh snow in a while, and so it was all kind of packed down and icy. Oh. And if you know, for any of you out there that ski or snowboard, you know, first of all, how slick that is and how fast you're going to go. And second, if you do fall, it's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and that... I, it's fu- it's so funny. I didn't even know that was in there until the production company sent me the pre- the preview, <laughs> and uh, he put a little note in the email. He's like, "I've got a special special ending just for you, Chris." And I didn't know what he meant until I saw that, and I was like, "As soon as I saw that that little clip, I was like, I remember that hit. Oh. I remember that one. Just comes I think right I'm back to you. Still sore from that. <laughs> so." You know, that's definitely going to be um, the kind of stuff that you're going to see uh, travel-wise. And, and that's what we want to show off is, you know, people go to Bend. Yeah, absolutely. Craft beer is big in Bend. And and uh, there's some great places to eat. Um, but there's so much more to it. And, and I think that's true of any city you go to. You know, we, we're talking about uh, if hopefully, I mean, a lot of, the, any ideas for the next episode we have are all based on tonight doing really well. Uh-huh. I mean, not just tonight, but this this episode for the next you know few days, week, whatever. Um, we really need to get this thing to a hundred thousand views. That's that's where our goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if this this episode is successful, then we have future episodes. And so, even in the future episodes, you know, like talking to Carbach Brewing here in Houston, Texas. Um, you know, we want to show off, why do people come to Houston? What is it they come here for? Or if we go to New York to do Brooklyn Brewery, what else do they do besides visit Brooklyn? Or if we go to New Glarus, what else do they do in Wisconsin besides go visit New Glarus? And, you know, that opens the show up to a lot more possibilities because we can show all of these different things 
and it broadens the interest base because now it's just it's not just beer and food, but it's travel and people like to travel. Yeah, so it, it doesn't just have to be for beer lovers. It can be exactly. It can be for food lovers. It can be for you know travel buffs that just want to find a great destination to go to. Absolutely, absolutely. Now with with the um, with the food on um, this episode, um, did you? Um, concentrate on some of the food at the um at the uh brew pubs at the shoots yeah we worked with uh chef jeff uh Yusinowitz, who is the executive chef for the shoots and um talked a little bit before we filmed it and uh, he came up with four dishes um i think three of them are readily available at the brew pubs and i think one of them he did special uh, for us, and that was the uh, clams, which are I think they're only available in Portland, not in Bend. Okay. Um, and I know and, they, they have very, very unique menu menus for each location. I noticed they I was do. looking those yeah, up, and they it's absolutely just completely do. And, different. And I think a lot of people don't realize that first of all, Bend and Portland are about three hours apart, two to three hours apart, mm-hmm. but completely different climates, completely different. Um, you know, the the, uh, the people that live there. Um, I think most people know Portland is typically more of a kind of like an Austin, Yeah, um, you know, a lot of hipsters, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of foodies, a lot of people that uh, enjoy the coast. Um, obviously it is on the Pacific ocean. Um, it's also on the Columbia river. So you have a lot of water, a lot of rain mm-hmm. in Portland. Um, uh, so it's completely different and you're getting fresh clams right off the water there. Whereas Bend, granted it's only three hours inland, but you know, it's the whole idea with the clams in Portland is, hey, we got these, you know, off the uh, off the coast this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so, I, I, in fact, I even see that on the menu here right now, the Northwest Steamer clams. Yeah. Yeah. Those. Oh, my God. Those were so good. I'm I'm a seafood nut. I love seafood. And he made those and they were so delicious. Oh, my God. I mean, all that food, all the food you see tonight. Trust me, I did not have to fake my way through enjoying it. <laughs> the uh, the first thing you'll see are prosciutto fries, mm-hmm. beer oh. battered prosciutto fries. Oh good my grief! Wow, it's silly. It's just silly. And 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 you know, it's what's really cool about the way uh, that we're doing the show is, yeah, you're gonna see us eat some pretty awesome food. But then after the show airs, we're gonna post the recipes for those dishes on our website. Ah. Uh, and that's what that's going to help make us a little bit more unique, or I guess you can't be more unique, but a little bit unique. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, yeah, we want you to enjoy the show, and we want you to see us eating some good food, but we don't want it to be, you know, okay, I saw the show, that's all I can experience for that food. Exactly, yeah. We want people to be able to take this back to their kitchen and play with you know food in their own kitchen and try these recipes and make you know these dishes, um, and, and, and that's part of what we're trying to do here. That, that'll especially be good for me because as much as I would love to pick up with my wife and two kids and travel out to Oregon, <laughs> that's not happening yet. Yeah, and it's hard for people, especially when you've got a wife and a couple of kids. You know, that's – it is hard. You can't just pick up and go, especially, you know, from New Jersey to, to Bend. That's, you know, yeah. not a short trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's another thing is there's a, there's a sense, and this is one reason why travel programs are so popular is – People can, you know, enjoy some of these programs uh, and enjoy the features of certain places without actually going. Mm-hmm. And I grant you, you don't get the experience. But again, not every kid, everybody can make that trip, and yeah. so 
and yeah, by, by adding the recipes there, you're adding another dimension to it where people can experience part of it at least. And I was just about to say that, you know, by by making these dishes in your kitchen and by having Deschutes beer with it, you can, yeah, you can kind of almost have that trip without having the trip. Exactly. Yeah. You know, or, or the expense for that matter. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So... You know, all of those things play into a part of it. I am a, um, I'm a big foodie. I've been cooking for a lot of years, and um, I love to play with my food and try new things and uh, pair beer and food and just it's fun. And uh, I want to encourage other people to be able to do that kind of thing. You know what? And with with me, I've I've been completely blind to trying to pair beer with food properly. If if you could give like. Just one tip or suggestion when it comes to pairing a beer with a food. What what would be your like number one tip on <laughs> <Wow>. that? <laughs> uh, well, I suppose um, I I would tell you don't follow the rules. Mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, I would I would say don't don't worry about the rules um, because there are guidelines for sure about how you can come away with good pairings. Mm-hmm. But if you get so caught up in the guidelines or the rules, then you may miss some things. Um, and the reason that's important is because we all have different palates. Mm. Um, the things that the flavors that you will pick up on your palate the best are probably different than things that I'm going to pick up on my palate, and they're different than things other people will pick up on their palate. And that's not just for food; that's for uh, for beer as well. Plus, we all have different things we like. Mm-hmm. And if you try to follow someone else's rules, then you may not really ever explore what is ideally going to work for you. So there, there's there's a lot of experimentation with it. Where, absolutely. Where you want absolutely. To, you know, 100. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some examples. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am I'm a big Cajun food guy. I, I, my family lives in Louisiana and I cook Cajun food all the time. And there are things that people, there's basically two styles that most people recommend with Cajun food. And the first is some kind of a like lager, Kolsch, uh, maybe even a golden ale blonde, something like that, um, designed to put out the flames as it were of spicier Cajun food. And then you have your IPAs, mm-hmm. which are designed to accentuate. Or they're, or they're not designed that way, but they do. Hops accentuates heat. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if you like the heat, if you want to kick it up a little bit, you have a nice, you know, IPA with some of your spicy foods. And I like to play around. I like to try beers that you wouldn't think, oh, I should try that. Um, I did a um, uh, an amber not too long ago. Uh, wasn't a it was not a hoppy amber. It was more of a actually it was a pretty malty. Had a real strong uh, caramel uh, uh, backbone, like that you know that malty backbone that a lot of uh, uh, ambers have. Yeah, and it just really worked. This um, I had this with uh, with some uh, sausage um, uh, jambalaya. Oh, and I didn't see that working. Yeah, and so and and you know the amber just it worked so well with the jambalaya with the sausage in there and. It actually put out some of the heat because you had a little bit more malt there. But it's not what people if, – if you're talking to somebody about what I'm going to pair with Cajun food, that's not what they say first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so you know it's okay to kind of play and go outside the box and try things. And 
Um, I think that's that's a that's a fun thing to do. Now, now having said that, that may only apply if you have some sort of understanding about pairing beer and food at, at all, and, and that's why guidelines are good. Yeah, um, it's not a bad thing to have guidelines. It's only a bad thing if you only reside within the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you never if you never break out of that, you're you're never going to discover anything for yourself, basically. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and 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 beer, uh, beer and food should be all about the pleasures you're driving from it. If you're taking it seriously, then it's time to step away and go. Hang on, what yeah. what exactly am I doing? Here? Yeah, if, if you're overthinking it too much and you're yeah. you're stressing about it, that it, you you've yeah. lost the pleasure out of it. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and that's that's the point. You know, let's enjoy this. Let's. Let's drink these great flavors that these brewers are coming up with. Let's eat these amazing dishes that either we can make in our own kitchen or that somebody's making, you know, some chef like Chef Jeff is making. Let's enjoy this. And that's that's really, I mean, I guess you could go so far as to call that a nice life philosophy. Yeah, that, I would say so too. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm going to start writing for uh, <laughs> Well, uh, thank you for calling in, man. I, I appreciate it. Um, I'll let you... Um, do your plugs and everything. I know the um, the YouTube channel is it's youtube.com slash uh, destination, destination beer, show. beer show. Okay. Yeah, that's the YouTube channel, and that's where the uh, pilot will be um, available here in about 40 minutes uh, or so. Um, and uh, people will be able to watch it on there. And obviously, you know, we're releasing it at this specific time because we obviously like the build up and we want to, we're sort of pretending like it's on TV because we want it to be on TV. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, people can watch this at whatever time they yeah. want to. They can, they can, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and watch it. They can watch it tomorrow morning. The biggest thing, um, you know, obviously Facebook page is facebook.com slash destination beer. Uh, I mentioned the YouTube page, destination beer show. That's our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that. Uh, Twitter is destination brew. Um, but I would just, I would really ask people to share, um, uh, share the links, Share the show. Um, that's the big reason we put it on YouTube is we wanted it to be viewable by everybody everywhere at any time. Mm-hmm. We didn't want it to be limited uh, so that you only watch it at a certain time because it helps us if we have more views from people watching it whenever they want to watch it. But also we wanted it to be shareable. We want people to post it on their uh, Facebook, their Twitter, their Instagram, whatever else they've got. You know, Share it because if – your audience and really for everybody out there, we hope, obviously, we hope they love the show. We put a lot into this and um, we hope that they enjoy what they watch tonight or whenever they watch it. But the only chance we have of a second episode is if this does well. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I and know so, I'll be watching it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's going to require people sharing it and telling people about it and, you know, basically being our marketing arm, as it were. Um, and so that's what we need. We need that in a desperate way. So please, uh, to all your listeners, thank you, first of all, for just you know, allowing me to be on the show and, and let me talk about you know, what has been a passion of mine for six years, culminating in tonight. But you know, thanks in advance for uh, being willing to share it. And I, I thank you for coming on here. I wish you the best of luck with it. I am hoping that we get a, another episode. I, I'm hoping we get another dozen episodes out of it. I want, hey, I'd I want be happy with uh, you know a few more years with uh, three thousand breweries and growing. I'm not running out of material anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think you'll have a, a lot of different places you can go. Yeah. Well, let's get past this first one and uh, 
get a, get the hundred thousand views we want, and then I think uh, and I think that anything is possible from there. And I'll I'll put the word out there for you. I really appreciate it. Um, I really appreciate everything you're doing, Kevin, and thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks for calling in, Chris. All right, you guys have a great night. Thanks. Bye. That was Chris Bradley of Destination Beer. So check that out. Uh, Roy Black on Crack posted it in the uh, in the chat here. Uh, YouTube.com slash Destination Beer Show. Uh, so that will actually, that episode will be live in uh, just about half an hour now. And if you guys uh, ditch out on my show at 7 o'clock, that's perfectly okay. I will not hold it against you. Uh, I'd be uh, perfectly fine with that. <laughs> So uh, g- give him your support. Get get him some views. Share it around. Um, I know I'm gonna be watch. I, honestly, I I'm probably gonna be en- ending up watching it a few times to like really absorb it because that's what I do with a lot of the the beer kind of videos online. Uh, the more knowledge I get, helps me out in my beer tasting as well. So again, a thank you to Chris for calling in and happy to promote that show. And honestly, if if you if you've never looked at um. Deschutes website you can look at um, it's deschutesbrewery.com they got the pub menus for both um, the Bend and Portland brew pubs and like me and Chris were talking they are both very very different it's it's amazing Um, oh and you know what hold on just a second here because Chris just messaged me something really quick on Facebook. Ah, okay. He forgot to mention a hashtag contest for every tweet with hashtag Destination Beer. People get an entry into drawings for prizes from Deschutes and Visit Bend, including t-shirts on Facebook. Each share of the episode gets an entry. So, hashtag Destination Beer, you get an entry. And on Facebook, each share of the episode gets an entry into that drawing for prizes. So, Check that out. I am definitely going to enter that myself because I would not mind uh, some T-shirts from Deschutes. I'm always collecting, uh, collecting brewer T-shirts. Uh, let's see. Let me message him here and say, got it. Promoted. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the pub menus for, for both uh, the Bend and Portland brew pubs fucking amazing I, I really wish I could go out there and I, I'm very curious to see what recipes uh, pop up from this episode um, like um, what was it in uh, Portland green eggs and ham naturally dyed six minute egg pork tenderloin ham black sea salt and mirror pond pale ale aioli uh, you know, fried pickled cauliflower sweet fire cheese um God damn. Oh, God, now I'm hungry. Black uh, Black Butte Porter Mac and Cheese. Oh, spicy fried chicken and waffle. And that's just Portland. Then we, then we go over to Bend. Honey Sriracha Wings. Brewery Steamers. Jalapeno Cheese Dip. Uh, meathead Pizza. Oh, oh God, I could go for some pizza right now. I got pulled pork here that I may uh, end up devouring after the show, though. Uh, Mirror Pond Mac and Cheese. Um... Uh, so check that theshootsbrewery.com and you'll see the the stuff on there for that and um yeah move oh, damn it now I'm hungry <laughs> so I guess let me um let me get into uh some oh the stuff um oh damn <laughs> I, I I missed I missed a mention from Marianne that says uh please tell Chris I still hate IPAs. <laughs> 
God damn it. I even got Mitch into IPAs. Oh. Um, so let's see what I got here from Facebook. Peddler Brewing got a cease and desist from Lost Coast Brewing over tangerine wheat. Now, you would think tangerine wheat is kind of a not generic name for a beer, but it would be like if another brewery brewed a cherry wheat and Sam Adams came after them. You'd think that was kind of ridiculous, right? So, on their Facebook page, they said, Curious why our tangerine wheat, tangerine wheat became tangerine Hefeweizen this year. We received a cease and desist from Lost Coast Brewery. They were somehow able to trademark a beer style. So no one else in the U.S. can make a tangerine wheat or at least call it what it is on their label. The cease and desist basically went to come to our attention you're using the mark tangerine wheat in the production and sale of beer. We find this used to infringe on our established trademark rights for Table Bluff Brewing Company Incorporated DBA Lost Coast Brewery and Cafe. The mark, quote, tangerine wheat is a well-recognized mark in our brewery's production sales and related services. We have registered the mark with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office under U.S. Trademark Registration, blah, 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 blah. Uh, mark has been used in commerce for a sustained period of time since 2008. Now, I'm of two minds with this one. They have a legitimate claim because they filed the trademark. But, good God, it is a beer style. Are you going to trademark cherry wheat? You know, is some ass out there going to try and trademark India Pale Ale? Um, you know, is someone going to try and trademark Goza? It, it, it's very, very strange. Um, let's see. See if there were any interesting comments in the uh, Facebook. Now, somebody, somebody did say tangerine wheat isn't exactly a... Um, Damn, I forget what BJCP stands for, but beer style guys, uh, you could always have called it a citrus wheat or a mandarin wheat or orange wheat. Uh, maybe on that one, uh, BM might hold orange wheat. Um, trademarks suck, but they exist for a reason. Someone else saw the idea first. That's life. Yeah, again, like I said, they, they did trademark it, but it's kind of bullshit that they were able to trademark such a general, um, such a general term there. Um, <laughs> Dennis says IPAs suck and Roy Black on Crack says India should trademark IPAs Ugh. no then they would just completely ruin it Ugh. they would they, they, they ruin everything when it comes to beer oh we don't like your label make it stop and all that kind of stuff that was for you Dennis um, it, it is an interesting story and <sighs> legally I can understand where Lost Coast is coming from but it is still puzzling that they would have trademarked a style in such a way. Um, I was talking about a little bit of the April Fool's stuff that I came across, and these were the only ones that really appealed to me. Uh, this one, actually, uh, somebody posted this on the Facebook group. It might, it might have been Roy Black on Crack, I think. Uh, from BoardPanda.com, Mike Warren makes a baby doll flask for April Fool's Day. Um... Yes, he made a baby flask. Let me copy this image, and I'll put it in the chat here. And you'll kind of see, uh, basically what he did, he uh, took a baby doll. He took uh, one of those, like, bladders with the with the kind of, you know, straw on the end of it. Um, 
and then he gut the baby doll, which is kind of gruesome looking. Um, he drilled into the baby doll's head, which is, uh, I think, believe an animated gif, which is uh, rather disturbing. Um, insert the bladder, fill it with liquid. Cap the baby's head that you drilled. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, seal the baby, put it in a carrier, and then you are apparently all ready to party. Sadly, um, well, it, it, like, yeah, Roy Black on Crack says I didn't know it was an April Fool's Day joke. It, it, it wasn't per se an April Fool's Day joke. He made it for April Fool's Day. So, but it's actually definitely a real thing. And you can dance around with your baby. Um, <laughs> Dennis asks how they get the image from my mind when I see movies in the afternoon. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So I I think that's kind of a kind of a neat idea. Um, baby flask in action in in the movie theater. Boy, your baby's so well behaved. Yeah, I know it's great, right? Nobody's nobody's gonna question you there. Um, one of the comments. Oh my God! I thought, oh look at that dad kissing his kid. Then on closer look, it's beer. Enough of internet for today. Um, and then um, all about beer magazine actually had a good one for Sam Adams. Um, in fact, they had to, they've had to put an update on the article saying, in case you missed it, this was an April Fool's Day joke. Boston Beer to release Utopias in pint cans. The Boston Beer Company today announced that the 2015 version of Utopias, its high-alcohol barrel-aged beer, will be available in 16-ounce cans. We love our 24-ounce ceramic Utopias bottle shaped like a brew kettle, but we realized it had limitations for the modern, active beer drinker, said Jim Cook founder of Boston Beer Makers of Samuel Adams, now customers can take the 28% ABV to all the places they've wanted, the pool, the beach, golfing, hiking, and more. First introduced in 2002, Utopias has pushed the boundary of flavor and the notion of what beer can be. The recipe for the 2015 iteration has not yet been announced, but in 2013, the beer was aged in casks from Buffalo Trace Distillery and eight-year-old port barrels from Portugal. It was then blended with the brewery's Cosmic Mother Funk, a Belgian-style ale and barrel aged for at least nine months, and up to two years in Hungarian oak tons. Those bottles had a suggested retail price of around $200, which is about what I paid for it, or $8 an ounce. The canned Utopias will be available year-round, and each six-pack will retail for $790. comes with a five-step instruction on how to properly shotgun without spilling any of the precious liquid. Ah, utopias and cans, that would just be, that that would be too much. Because sadly, I'd open the can and be like, shit, I gotta drink this now. Um, but that was, that was really it in terms of April Fool stuff. I mean, I saw other little bits here and there, but there, there wasn't really a lot this year. Last year, I think, produced some better ones. Um... If you have a Costco in your area or state that actually sells beer and alcohol, uh, you might be able to check this out. The uh, not-so-professional beer blog, notsoprofessionalbeer.com, uh, has noted that Costco's Kirkland Signature Craft Beers have been revamped. Uh, Costco's distributed their own line of Kirkland Signature Craft Beers for several years. Recently learned that Costco's giving their private label craft beer a reboot. The new variety pack will feature pale ale, dry hopped IPA, brown ale, and a blonde ale. Um, actually kind of surprised there's no stout in there. Depending on where you live, you'll see New Yorker Brewing Company from Utica, New York, or Hopfen und Malz Brewing from San Jose, California listed on the label as the brewery. 
uh, TTB filings show that New Yorker is really the FX Matt Brewing Company. And Hopfen und Maltz is actually uh, Gordon Biersch Brewing Company. Uh, FX Matt uh, brews the Saranac line of beers, apparently. The Brown and Blonde Ale appear to be new to this incarnation of the variety pack. IPA and Pale Ale are included in the current pack, but they may be different recipes, can't say for sure. Uh, he's reached out to Costco in the past to learn more about their beers, but they have historically declined comment. Um, so I uh, I can't get beer at Costco in New Jersey. I'm curious if any listeners have tried these, what they've thought of them in terms of a value beer, kind of like Trader Joe's Simpler Times line. Um, I think Trader Joe's Simpler Times is really quite good, um, especially considering it's, what, like two ninety nine for a six-pack. Um uh oh, Sherry sent a photo. Now I'm scared. Um, oh, that's adorable. They're at a they're they're having flights at a at a pub or some such place. It's so cute. Uh, pre-dinner drinks at Big Wood Brew in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. That is adorable. Maybe I can save that picture and put it in the chat. Ha ha ha. Save image. Um, can I save it to Can I save it to my Dropbox? Uh, eh, I'll figure that out during the break, and I'll post it in the chat. But um, let me see. Like simpler times loggers. Uh, let me see what it says on Beer Advocate. I, I'd assume it's probably like rated at sixty or seventy. Um, actually, oddly enough, Beer Advocate scores it a sixty-seven as poor. But the bros rated eighty four is good, so now I want to look up Kirkland Signature because I am actually very curious. I don't know. It, I don't know why I don't think about doing this before the show, but uh, let's see the Kirkland Signature. Wh- okay, what styles did I say? Uh, pale ale, brown ale, India pale ale, and blonde ale. Let's go for the IPA. Seventy two. It's okay. So um, these actually might not be too bad, uh, and given that it's Costco. It's probably a decent enough price. The Pale Ale, 71, okay. Um, I guess they used to have a Belgian White, Hefeweizen, let's see, an Amber, 73. So, yeah, they, they seem to be pretty decent, for a value beer, pretty decent um, decent scores for that. Um, hmm. So, if any listeners have um, been able to try those, let me know what you thought of them. Um, I'm actually... Oh shit! I don't have a. Does anybody know? And if if anybody knows in the chat, please tell me. Um, if you need a Costco membership to buy beer at Costco, um, uh, because if you don't, I would be willing to hop into New York State and uh, check some of these out. But um, I don't know. Find out on that. Uh, peeps, peeps in your Easter weekend beer. Yes, yes, yes. From USA Today, this past Easter weekend, a Golden Colorado brewery created a limited Peeps beer for the holiday. Half of you are probably saying, oh dear God, that's fucking disgusting. And the other half are saying, ooh, yummy. I like Peeps. Pair the sour ones with a sour beer and you got a good time. Or pair the sour ones with a um, IPA. You got a good time. Well, fuck it. It's sugar. Pair it with anything. It'll all be delicious. 
Uh, Golden Colorado, in the shadow of the gigantic Coors Brewery, craft brewer Kim Collins has concocted an unholy alliance of sorts to celebrate Easter and the arrival of Springs. Collins put peeps in her beer. The head brewer at Barrels and Bottles Brewery, Collins made a test batch last spring and decided it was worth trying again. The beer is an English-style bitter with an alcohol content of about 6%. Um, If I didn't tell you there were peeps in there, you might not notice. She said Friday after the brewery tapped the first pint of the beer. She made only 100 gallons, so when it's gone, it's gone. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, although the peeps are colored, the beer ends up a bright straw color with no hint of neon. It has a malty taste accented by the sweet smell of the whole peep that perches on the pint's rim when served. Okay. Uh, well, actually, shit. They have, a, they have an image here. Um, I'd like to drink a Oh, okay. Yeah, Dennis says you need Costco membership to buy anything at Costco short of gas. Yeah, we, we have a Sands Club membership, and I think we have a BJ's membership, but we do not have Costco. Fuck. Anybody know if uh, Sam's or BJ's have a have a house brand? <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the peep beer with the peep uh, kind of hanging out on the edge there. Uh, Colin said the peeps beer will li- likely last only a few days. She'll make something else as spring moves into summer. Um... And she has an important message for all of those who hate peeps. 90 of their squishy foes got dumped into the brew kettle. They were all severely harmed, Collins says. I think that's a cool idea. Uh, somebody else in the comments, Chris Watts, said that's truly disgusting. But I think it's actually, uh, I, I think it's a somewhat creative idea. Creative enough idea. Um, oh, see, so yeah, okay. I, I, I'm getting I'm getting some good uh, getting some good support on Twitter right now, uh, particularly particularly from uh, our old buddy Scrams. Uh, he says he's listening to the only radio show on Tuesday night at this time. Also, the best by far. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <coughs> I have some <coughs> competition. <coughs> yes, a little bit of competition uh, elsewhere. <coughs> Damn it, punchy. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh. <sighs> I'm wounded. Some of you know what I'm talking about because it, uh, it ended up on Twitter last week. <laughs> Not being serious. I don't, I, don't, I don't give a shit when they air. Um, let's see. From the statesmanjournal.com. Uh, where is Statesman Journal? What, what state is this in? Oh, it'd be uh, Oregon. Yeah, we were talking about Oregon. So... Not surprising that Oregon would do something like this. Uh, craft beer label art exhibit at Oregon State University. Uh, now, working at a university and seeing some of the, quote, art exhibits that our library puts up, um, I, I don't want to disparage anybody that, you know, puts these things together and stuff, but I don't know. A lot of the ones I've seen tend to seem very thrown together, and it's kind of like... Is anybody really checking this thing out? Craft beer labels, I I like them being recognized for the art that they are here. Um, I would say that a, a, like a New Jersey craft brew art exhibit would be great. Where I work, unfortunately, um, most of well, like most of the New Jersey craft brewers that I encounter, um. Either their bottle art is very, I don't want to say generic, but it's kind of the same across 
a lot of their um, different styles. Or they don't bottle the stuff, or you know, or their cans are very simple, so it it wouldn't work, unfortunately. But this is at Oregon State University. A new exhibit at the Valley Library at Oregon State University that showcases the art and design of craft beer labels will run through May 29th. Uh, the art of beer, what's on the outside, includes examples of the talents of bottle and label artists from breweries such as Deschutes, Gigantic, Hair of the Dog, Hopworks Urban Brewery, uh, McMenamins, Ninkasi, Oregon Trail, and Rogue. Um, so also including the exhibit sections on the process of fine art and graphic design, uh, video documentaries about the craft of brewing from hop stories, items such as clothing, coasters, growlers, glasses, and stickers. Several panels from a 2014 Springfield Museum exhibit, Beyond the Label, and items from the OSU Oregon Hops and Brewing Archives collections. The Oregon Hops and Brewing Archives were established in 2013 to collect, preserve, and share the story of the hops and craft brewing industries in Oregon. So if there's, there is a place I would expect to do an exhibit like this, it is it is Oregon. Very, very cool. Um and if if you look at you look at a lot of a lot of craft beer bottles, it is a genuine art style. And there's actually something there's a um, article from First We Feast that I'm going to dip into a little bit later that goes into the labels. But well, let's it talks about them in a fashion that I'm not particularly in support of. So just kind of hold that tease there. And then the last little. A uh, new snip- snippet here, and th- this is just a, a kind of quickie from Beer Pulse. Atwater Brewery signs a distribution deal with Craft Central for North Carolina distribution. Um, so basically, they um, have a, a new distributor that will allow them to distribute to North Carolina. I wish they would distribute to Jer- or Jersey, please, please. Uh, the interesting thing about this that I read is that... Um, and this coincides with their uh, plans to build new production facilities in Texas and in the Southeast. Um, they previously had gone with Freedom Beverage Company um, and Brown Distributing, or I'm sorry, um, uh, Mayan Distributing in Texas. And now they're switching over to Craft Central um, for, let's see. Yeah, Craft Central for distribution throughout uh, Central and West North Carolina and Brown Distributing in Texas. So kind of interesting. Um, I don't know why they necessarily would have done that, but uh, it expands their distribution at least to North Carolina. They are going to have more production facilities in Texas, so maybe, maybe, maybe the East Coast will get a little bit more of that. I hate having to go into PA to get at water all the time because I can't always find a good variety pack. Um, you know, speaking of which, I haven't I haven't been into PA to get beer in a while. So, um, it wasn't for the fact that I'm working this weekend, uh, I would consider doing that. Um, let's see. Uh, well, you know what? I'll do this news story uh, leading into break. This was kind of a big one around the craft beer world because it uh, represented kind of a shift in the balance of power. But it makes sense when it comes down to it. Yingling, yes, I know, Dennis, fuck Yingling, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, dethrones Sam Adams to become the top craft brewery in America. Now, did Yingling suddenly start selling even more and start outselling Sam Adams? Well, no, 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 no. Yingling was always outselling Sam Adams. However, this is due to the redefinition of what qualifies as a craft brewer. Um, and, that, and that list, Yingling was omitted from that list until recently because they used corn and rice in their brewing process. And they, they, they modified the definition of what makes a craft brewer, and Yingling is back in that. Um, I, I think that the big thing was that they did not want um, brewers that used adjuncts like rice and corn in their beer because, you know, you look at Anheuser-Busch and stuff like that. However, Yingling does not do that out of a, you know, cheapness cost kind of thing. That is what they've done traditionally as the oldest brewery in America. So, uh, going into the article here, uh, America's oldest brewery, DG Yingling & Son, is now number one on the list of top craft breweries based on sales volumes, according to CNBC. Oh, excuse me, and this is from Eater.com, by the way. Pennsylvania-based Yingling moved to more than 2.7 million barrels last year, taking over the top spot from Boston beer maker of Sam Adams. Yingling benefited from a recent decision by the Brewers Association to redefine what is considered a craft brewery, and they go into the corn and rice, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's actually also allowed um, uh, August Shell Brewing and Minhas Craft Brewery. Minhas, actually, they are the ones that do uh, Simpler Times Lager. A little bit of a callback there. To fall under the umbrella of craft breweries. So now the top 10 craft brewing company. I wanted to say breweries, but top 10 craft brewing companies in the nation based on sales volume. From 1 to 10, we got Yingling, Boston Beer, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, Gambrinus, and I know I've seen the name before, but I'm so not familiar with them, which is weird. Uh, Lagunitas, Deschutes, Bells, Stone, and Minhas. I'm actually kind of surprised that uh, Rogue isn't somewhere in there. But you know what? Uh, Yingling and Minhas... You look at their inclusion in there, and that that obviously knocked two people out of the top ten. So, um, uh, what the fuck was I gonna say? Oh yeah, there was there was a um, another article that kind of um, articulated why why it's an important um, why it's a win for for craft beer that. Um, that uh, Yingling is amongst their army. And it's basically, it provides another soldier, along with Shell and Minhas, in the battle against AB and Bev, Miller Coors, and the like. Um, let me see if I can get this page to load up, or if it uh, doesn't want to load up, because it's being a filthy cocksucker. Yes, yes, yes. God damn it. Um, okay. Article won't load, but basically what what the article, from what I remember it, uh, okay, there's there's Dennis, hashtag fuck Yingling. Uh, also, fuck the Penguins. Um, just to, to briefly interject with hockey, um, I know about 99.9% of Red Wings fans, for some reason, have uh, decided they're going to root for Pittsburgh tonight to uh, beat Ottawa, because if Ottawa loses, that helps us get closer to securing a playoff spot. Um, us being the Red Wings. But 
fuck Pittsburgh, fuck the Penguins. I want the Penguins to miss the postseason. So if the Penguins lose, that's bad for them. If Ottawa wins, it's not necessarily all that bad for the Red Wings if the Red Wings can actually fucking beat Carolina tonight. So back to this thing here. Um, It's really an injection of money in the craft beer battle against AB and Bev, Miller Coors, and all that. Yingling has money. Minhas has money. Shell has money. They're just more soldiers in that battle of craft beer against big beer. Dollar signs with that. That is what it comes down to. Ah, after the break. Um... Let's see here. Uh, I got something from Fox News. Uh, it's another. It, it seems to be another gimmicky kind of thing to make shitty beer taste better. Um, the first we feast article that I that I teased. It has to do with beer names and labels, and that's kind of where I'll leave you with that. And of course, the new releases and reveals this week. Uh, actually, I have a pretty decent number: Flying Dog, Allagash, Terrapin, Anchor. Dewclaw uh, Yards doing a collaboration with Einstock from uh, Iceland. So stay tuned for that. And um, uh, yes, Dennis posting the crying Crosby picture. I hope Crosby cries many, many fucking tears tonight. Although that does kind of look like jizz dripping down from his eyes too. But uh, I will be back after this break. And uh, in three minutes... You got the uh, premiere of Destination Beer, youtube.com slash Destination Beer. Check that out. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Promote the hell out of it. Let's help Chris get to that 100,000 views, and let's get some more episodes out of it. I will either be watching it tonight, or I'll be watching it multiple times at work tomorrow. So let's do that. And with that, I will be back very, very shortly. Alcohol by Cheers. volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey! It's hey. oh, the name of the show. Hey! More like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. That shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this fit. Are you on appeal? I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Antisocial Gamer Radio. Hi, this is Ashley, host of Antisocial Gamer Radio, telling you to come listen to my show every Tuesday at uh, 9pm UK time, 4pm Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Uh, every week I like to talk about all the latest stuff going on in the gaming world, what's been coming out, what's new releases, all the topics that you like to hear, I'll be talking about it every single week. The Elvis and Albert Show, Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson, and on the phone... It's Bill, I'm phoning in. Always phoning it in. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Halfpenny Pub in Sayville. That's right, punk rock music, independent music, and all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy party stuff. Yeah. Here on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalfred.com 24-7. Yarr! The Elvis and Alfred Show. The Cousin Joe Show. And I, I'm sitting in the chair. He did the barber cock touch. What the fuck? This is what it is. Dude, where are you going to get your hair cut? Listen to me. Where are you going? See how I'm sitting right now? Yeah, I do. Where are my elbows? 
Outside the ch- Oh! <laughs> they always go around the side, and, and when the fucking the height of my elbow is always their dick. He reaches in, and his, his cock touches my elbow. And the thing is, like, I can't immediately jerk away because that looks like you know you touched it. Right, I'm acknowledging the cock touch. So instead, I just leave it there and let him rub his dick on my elbow. <laughs> Did he go back and forth? That's when you could tell. Did he I was, go back and forth ever, like, fast? Like, not not, like, fa- not fast. <laughs> it, I, I wonder if guys do play games or get the barber hard, kind of wiggle their elbow. Nobody does that, Joe. <laughs> Nobody does that. Well, weird faggots. Who knows? You're fucking weird. <laughs> Tune in to the Cousin Joe Show live Thursday night, 7 to 10 on More Like Radio. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself, and it makes me giggle, that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh that's right. kind of does I barely it. touched her. Come on. <laughs> oh. oh, it was my brother. Look at him. He's bigger than me. Come on. <laughs> Oh. Come on, everybody loves me. Oh, I, got, I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go, Home Depot. Come on. Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you. They got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, come on. We're talking over here. <laughs> So if you learn anything from Hippo Juice, remember Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. Right. We don't report the news accurately. We report half of it. Whatever. It's still news. So fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. Listen to the Hippo Juice show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Now Cause the V is so deep An interesting show It won't ever put you to sleep It has all the content That you want the best show on the planet I ain't even gonna front Deep deep Bringing it again and again Don't ever miss a show And make sure that you're always tuned in Hosted by my man Mike And Ski Ray Keep it turned up on the mic All day Ask me what's my favorite podcast I say deep deep Listen to the show while you're sipping on your tea. It's the hottest of the hot. You ain't gotta trust me. Tune into the show and you will definitely see. With Mike and Ski Ray, you can't go wrong. The biggest show ever, bigger than a King Kong. Listen up and don't ever, ever miss a beat. It's Deep V. Remember that the V is so deep. What's up, everybody? Deep V Podcast. Deep V. Be sure to listen to us Fridays at 8 Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Yep. Also download us on iTunes. Just type in DV. DV, your favorite podcast. Favorite, favorite podcast. You know, we at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where are you going for here, We'll name check every country on the show. That way, no one can be mad. Have a blast. I could do Swedish. Oh yeah, what? Birdie, birdie. <laughs> and to the Italians, Papa the Poopy. Papa the Poopy. <laughs> <laughs> to the Mexicans, the hey, Amen. <laughs> uh, Spain. <laughs> <laughs> 
Simple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Australia. Crocodile Dundalk. No. You big loop, are you? <laughs> no, that sounds That's like Limerick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slag off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster, after lubricating it in my asshole, and put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. I can't believe I then I then imagined my I then imagined in my head him screaming, I'm coming! And I squeeze the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my hands. <laughs> I kept taking to the, t- I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, <laughs> making it feel like it was a huge come. Listen to Dutch and Royce live Tuesdays from ten to midnight, only on MoreLikeRadio.com. Hey you, yes. You guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. Right there on the right, stupid. The official Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel. Find out what's destroying my liver every week. Ah, my liver, my liver. New beer reviews every Saturday morning. And occasionally some bonus reviews in the middle of the week, too. Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Subscribe now at youtube.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. Come on, let's go drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. A tub of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Free samples, Bob's Burgers. Hey, cool glasses. Thanks, I need them to see. Ha, is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? Is it bison? That one is. Do these pair well with an IPA? It goes well with all letters. IPA, CSI, PTA, IRS, HMO, OMG. Where are you selling these? Uh, right over there. I really should have fucking gone to pee during the break, but I was too busy in the chat and on Facebook and everything else. Being a good boy and promoting Destination Beer, youtube.com slash Destination Beer Show. Check it out. Um, I see uh, Sherry and uh, Sherry and Mitch are having birthday flights at Bigwood Brewery. Yes, it is. It is. It is Mitch's. Mitchie Pooh's birthday. It is Mitch's birthday. Everybody should wish Mitch a very happy birthday 
on Joe Coletta's Facebook wall because we haven't done that gag in a while. Seriously, we haven't. I think we completely forgot about it. Or if you really want to be a dick, do it on Hammy's wall. Is it, do they like I'm wondering if YouTube cracks Oh okay here we go I was going to say Does YouTube crack down on this But probably not uh, Let's see For Mitch Happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you Happy birthday Dear Mitchie Poo I'm sorry I had to do that. Ugh. I feel kind of dirty for doing that, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, they're having birthday flights at Bigwood Brewery. And uh, I actually posted the picture in the chat. And goddamn, it looks good. There, there's one there that just has a fantastically creamy head on it. And uh, I asked if the uh, I asked uh, the milk stout sounded good. She said uh, Sherry said the milk stout was good. Personally, Morning Wood, which is a coffee stout, and... Weissenheimer are her favorites. Uh, Weissenheimer is a German Hefeweizen, and she said it has a yummy hint of banana, whereas Mitch said the milk stout tastes like a pepperoni pizza, so I think Mitch is already completely plastered. <coughs> Woof. And uh, hopefully I'm getting there. Uh, let's see, Mitch says he has a grapefruit and a lemon, which I won't send you because I only got eight bottles of each. And you know what, Mitch? That is perfectly okay. Hoard your beer. I do not mind. I take no offense. Any beer that I get from you, Mitch, is a gift in itself. So, uh, but goddamn, for for those that haven't like seen it on Facebook or on the on the Facebook group, Mitch is just going goddamn crazy with the home brewing. He is just all over the place with it, and it is phenomenal. I I love all the different shit that he's doing. Um, and and shit, Sherry's making wine. Sherry's making wine, and I th- I, th- I think I think I'm getting some of that wine. I I, I hope, because I'm I'm anxious to, uh, to to taste some of that. Um. So let's see. Here we go. Fox News. Uh, pew 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 pew. I don't know. What is, what is the sound they use for their Fox News alert? Uh, Dennis did a happy birthday wish on Coletta's wall. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Dennis. Figure we should bring that one back. Seriously, we haven't done that in months. Ah, Fox News. Make light beer taste better with hop-infused tea bags. Yes. Um, so I'll read the article, and then I'll, then I'll kind of give you my commentary. Have you ever wished your beer tasted better? Uh, not usually because I drink pretty decent beer, but I'll go on. Sometimes that light lager fails to live up to its full flavored promise, but instead of wasting can after can, Hop Theory has a solution for lackluster brews. The company has created a line of beer steeping bags that essentially act like hoppy tea bags for beer. Infused with Cascade hops, orange peels, and coriander seeds, the steeping bags can be added to any type of beer to make it customized and, quote, more refreshing. Um, I don't know if you can necessarily make a beer more refreshing. Uh, I think carbonation is a factor in that, but I'll continue. 
It takes just two to four minutes for the flavor to fully infuse a beer, and you can even see the lager change color as the bag does its thing. I have a feeling it's the orange peels that will do that, but continue. Uh, just like steeping traditional tea, one bag can even be used up to four times. That is actually kind of cool. Uh, the idea behind the patent-pending vision is simply to make light beer more drinkable for discerning palates, but the company says their bags can be used for any beer. While the bags don't claim to be miracle workers, they won't be able to recarbonate flat brews, for example. The bags will ideally be able to make a cheap, light beer taste more like an $8 craft brew. Um, I don't know where they're getting that price from, but, you know, I, 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 well, shit, I mean, the KBS that I got, I got that for eight bucks a bottle. Uh, I don't think a tea bag is going to make my beer taste like KBS, but, you know, you can always try. Um, if the team surpasses their current goal, they plan to release different flavors, including pumpkin, raspberry, double IPA. How do you infuse double IPA? Because a double IPA is a multi yet still hop forward. I, I don't know. Um, and Peach. To date, Hop Theory has received more than 6800 of their $25,000 funding goal with just over a month to go in the campaign. This is one I'm, I'm not chipping into. I've, I've been, I, I, I'm, I'm rolled out on Kickstarters uh, for a while. Uh, Manskirt Brewing, they're actually, uh, they're getting the shirts going out soon and everything. So I'm excited about that. But uh, looks like these beer lovers will have to raise some serious cash in the next few days to see this dream come to fruition. If the bags actually work, they could save craft beer drinkers some serious capital down the line. Um, the first comment in this article basically echoes what I think about this. Cheap beer plus expensive hop-infused herbal tea bags sounds like it'd be cheaper and better to buy, simply buy decent beer. But to each their own... I hope this company sells thousands of tea bags to thousands of bad decision makers. Ah! Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Roy Black on Crack also congratulated him on the Hammy MLR account. Oh. oh. Damn it. Oh, shit. I didn't, I didn't see it either. Oh. I'm looking. I'm looking and... Uh, I'm, I'm sifting through my Twitter. I follow way too many fucking people on Twitter. And what the hell is going on outside my door right now? My kid is a fucking terror tonight. Oh, fuck the terrible twos. It's the terrible threes. Kid is just moody as shit. <sighs> um, but anyway, um, what the fuck was I doing? Um, where was I at? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Buy better beer. This could be a creative gateway to get regular light beer drinkers to try something more hop forward while still drinking their regular beer. Um, you know, if, if you have a lifelong Bud Light drinker and you try and hand them an IPA, they're probably not going to take it. Now, if you have their Bud Light and say, you know what, here, you see this bag? Put this in your beer for two, four minutes and let me know what you think. They're still drinking their Bud Light, but they're adding flavors to it. As a gateway, I can see that. It, it, it's almost kind of a novelty. Um, I like creativity in beer, but it, like something something like this reminds me of On Tap. You remember those liquids I got? You, you, um, kind of like, like the Mio water, um, you know, shoot into the crappy beer to make it taste better, which admittedly did help when it came to macro lagers. 
but really this seems to be all about making crappy beer more palatable i mean it in a weird way it does seem um potentially uh i don't know a different way of randling beers i guess you know with with craft beer drinkers it, it's probably just going to be another kind of curiosity like i had with the on tap uh things i still have them somewhere here i'm just not 100% sure where but um you know, a different way to randle certain beers, especially considering the other flavors planned. Um, but craft beer drinkers aren't just going to start buying cheap beer and then use these because it's not the same. Um, now, I know they said you can reuse it over the four times, but I'm curious how much they're going to cost. If there's not a net cost savings aspect to it, it really doesn't make sense. Um, let's see, Mitch said, if for whatever reason you come in Minnesota, come to Bigwood Brewery for the singular fact the barmaid has giant tits. Let me reiterate, huge tits, skinny body. Mitch, take a picture. Or or Sherry, Sherry, take a picture. <laughs> might, might be less creepy if Sherry took a picture and then posted in the chat. Or send it to my phone, because then I can uh, enjoy it later. Uh, don't let my wife find out. Uh, yeah, Roy Black on Crack says a non-light beer would be a gateway. That is a fair point right there but you know some people some people are completely stuck and established in their ways when it comes to that stuff it's funny when i think about it um i can't remember the last time i had a light beer and i know dennis is gonna chime in and be like yeah yeah the budweiser on your birthday that wasn't bud light that was budweiser and um admittedly that was not the last time i had a budweiser product uh, and I'm not even talking like AB InBev, you know, like the, um, fuck, uh, I'm trying to remember, is, Sh- is Shock Top AB InBev or is that Miller Coors? We got Blue Moon. I, I think Blue Moon is Miller Coors, Shock Top is AB InBev, if I remember correctly. But, um, I think the last time I had a, you know, Budweiser, Bud Light, whatever, I think it was my birthday that year. And, uh. I think since then, the only thing that could kind of qualify is the, um, fuck, the, the Budweiser uh, Brewmasters pack that had the um, the Brewmasters like special recipes that they won uh, from the brewing competition or whatever. Um, oddly enough, I, I, haven't, I, haven't seen, um, I haven't seen any of those other ones pop up. Um, I know Sam Adams, as I mentioned, does that, uh, home brewer competition. I never see those variety packs pop up either. So I don't know if those are kind of regional, local kind of things. Yes, that year, Dennis. Um, let's see. So that would have been 2013. So straight up Budweiser. I have not had straight up Budweiser since August 2013. Be proud of me. Oh, that was rough. I don't like hospitals in the first place. I really don't like hospitals when I'm blackout drunk. Yes, Dennis says, you mean that year, that moment when I made the gravest error in judgment and decided not to take out my camera phone? And I appreciate that, Dennis. Although, to be fair, uh, seeing video of that would probably be helpful. It would help fill in the gaps. Because basically, that birthday, I remember bowling. I remember drinking. And then the next thing I remember, 
I'm being carried out of my wife's car. Wait, was it my wife's car or was it my car? See, I don't even remember that. I'm being carried out of a vehicle by a hospital orderly into a wheelchair. Bowling alley, time travel, hospital, into a wheelchair. I don't remember checking out of the bowling alley. I don't remember arriving at the hospital. I don't remember puking outside that diner either. I didn't realize we even stopped at a diner before the hospital. God damn it. I'm not that bad anymore. And I'm definitely not uh, not drinking Budweiser. God damn. Because it, it was too easy. It was too easy to drink that shit. Um... But yeah, Dennis, if that ever happens again, which it won't, but if it ever happens again, you have my permission to take out your phone and record because I will need to fill in those gaps. Just saying. Um, so I think I think that's it with the hop tea bags. It, it, with, with the flavors they got, it could be interesting. Um, I mean, say I have an IPA and they have the, the peach flavored one. Add that to an IPA. You get a peach IPA or a pump. Wow, that just dawned on me. Nobody's done a pumpkin IPA, have they? With all the fucking pumpkin beers out there, is there a pumpkin IPA? I've I don't recall ever seeing one. There. Oh, excuse me. There probably is one. We type this into Beer Advocate. Pumpkin IPA. Okay, there are. Uh, Elysian did a hop squash pumpkin IPA. Retired. Jolly Pumpkin did one. Um, actually, no, wait. No, I'm sorry. Uh, they did not. Nightmare Before Vicious Sour Wheat IPA. That actually sounds pretty good. Uh, Griff, uh, Griffin Claw Brewing Company out of Birmingham, Michigan. I, I've seen a lot from them lately. Um, somebody I follow on Untapped drinks a lot from Griffin Claw. Uh, they have Norm's Pumpkin Spice IPA. Uh, Flying Dog did a pumpkin IPA. Um... Uh, Element Brewing Company did an Elemental Pumpkin IPA. So, uh, so there are some out there, but the the amount. Let's see, one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Of all the beers on Beer Advocate, there are eight pumpkin IPAs. And only one, two, three, four of them, half of them are not retired. So I think there's an untapped market there. We need uh, we need to see some pumpkin IPAs to kind of mix up the whole pumpkin thing coming up uh, this coming fall season. Because the pumpkin beers are coming. Give it a few months. The pumpkin beers are coming. Um I would tend to think that a pumpkin IPA would work better with the more piney, resiny-flavored, aromaed IPAs. Uh, I don't think it necessarily would work with the citrus, but see what happens with that. I, I'd love to see Flying Dog do that again with like their Brewhouse Rarity series. Um, <sighs> oh, shit. Uh, hockey's going to be starting soon. Red Wings are playing tonight, and Thor the fuck you, Penguins. Bring up the scores. I don't know who starts when. Uh, Rangers and Jersey are playing tonight. Islanders and Philly are playing tonight. Uh, Pittsburgh and Ottawa don't start till 7.30. Same with Carolina. Detroit. Uh, is LA playing tonight? 
Oh, yeah, LA is playing Edmonton. Come on, Edmonton. Do something and beat those fuckos. I want to see them not reach the postseason. Uh, Winnipeg, beat St. Louis. Come on. Fuck over the Kings. Do it. Do it. Do it. And um, just for shits and giggles. Well, actually, yeah, I want Calgary to beat Arizona. Um, that means Buffalo will not clinch the last place in the league, but whatever. You guys don't care about hockey. Well, some of you do. You know, if, if maybe, you know, maybe, maybe one day I'll do a hockey and beer podcast. It'll be a whole combination of just drunken hockey ranting, you know, saying, eh, fuck Dan O'Halloran. Tim Peel's a fucking hack. And, uh, fucking Gislandy Bear is a fuck shit face. And, you know, stuff like that. So from uh, First We Feast. This is the article I've been teasing. The 10 most questionable beer names and labels in recent history. Now, they're talking about controversial beer labels. I have to commend them that with each of these labels, they didn't really seem to editorialize. They gave the facts on it. They gave why people were pissed off about it. But they didn't seem to join in with the, hey, we're offended. And apparently a cricket milkshake started as an April Fool's hoax, but will likely become a legit fast food menu item. Yes, a milkshake with crickets. But that's just a uh, quick aside there. So, as First We Feast says, brands have been stirring up controversy with daring ads since before you were born. Shock advertising or shockvertising is older than Don Draper's abusive alcoholic father. Sure, there are times when a controversial name or image serves to grab people's attention and create interest, but there is a limit. Here's a look at controversial beer names and labels that made drinkers look twice. What do you think, witty and creative or offensive and alienating? Spoiler, I think all of them are witty and creative. I don't think a single one is offensive. Let me crack open another beer here before I... Start reading through this article. This is my last can of Abigail from Six Point. Um, it's weird. I've been on a stout, actually, not even necessarily a stout kick lately, a, a porter kick, and a uh, Belgian ale kick, or Belgian-style ale or whatever. And fucking hell. There's way too much head in that. Um, so the first one here, McKellar's Mexis. Ranger Spiced Beer. Um, just for the sake of interactivity. Oh my god, there are Hitler beers! From Roy Black on Crack. Thank you, sir. Um, I wonder what style those are. I'm trying to think creatively here. Um, perhaps a, uh, a, a, a white, uh, white IPA. You know, white, Aryan, whatever. Yeah, I got nothing. Ah, okay, this is uh, Mexus Ranger from McKellar. Uh, the controversy, Danish brewer McKellar made Mexus Ranger with ingredients like spices, almond milk, cocoa, chili, black beans, and avocado. That actually sounds really amazing. The label depicts a man and a woman, chili pepper in hand, crossing the Texas-Mexico border. Okay, maybe a little bit. Uh, in the thread on Beer Advocate, many users argued the ingredients are actually the most offensive aspect of Mexus Ranger. Now, are they saying that the ingredients don't taste good? 
let's see, there's a link to this thread apparently. Um, uh, da, 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 given the stir of the clone labels, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, Kazoo Brew in this thread, and this is from back in 2012. Um, this, this, this sums it up. Why people allow inanimate objects such as labels to offend them is beyond me. They're not direct and personal attacks. Label doesn't call your mother names or kick your dog. Is this label any worse than stereotypes you hear in the form of jokes on a sitcom any given night of the week? It's fine to think a label is tasteless, but it seems short-sighted to get worked up over labels when there are definitely more important things in the world to get worked up over. Um, but it does seem that they weren't they weren't digging the ingredients in it, like uh, black beans in it. Um, not not digging that. Um, um, or the almond milk. Eh. But, like, the spices, the cocoa, the chili, that's pretty normal. The almond milk, the black beans, and avocado, that could make it really amazing or really disgusting. But they didn't seem to be offended over the label, which could potentially piss off some people. But, again, it is a beer label. If you don't buy, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Uh, Flying Dog, Raging Bitch, Belgian-style IPA. It's not like there's a woman on the label. There is a dog. The controversy, Michigan Liquor Control Commission banned Raging Bitch IPA from the Great Lakes State, but reversed its decision in June 2011. According to Flying Dog's blog, wow, Flying Dog's blog, oof, uh, the commission declared that our speech in the form of the name Raging Bitch and accompanied label imagery and text by renowned artist Ralph Steadman endangered public safety and was harmful to any adult who might read the beer's name on a restaurant menu. The First Amendment pulled through for Raging Bitch, which is still brewed year-round. Can any of you honestly say that if you saw the name Raging Bitch on a beer menu, it would endanger public safety and be harmful to you? Are we a bunch of fucking Pussies in this country? Answer, yes. <sighs> Lost Abbey's Witch's Wit Belgian White. This one is actually kind of amusing. A 2010 New York Times article reported that Vicki Noble, famous in the pagan and Wiccan communities for her astrology readings, shamanic healing, and writings about goddess spirituality, said she and other members of the pagan and Wiccan community were personally offended by the pale ale's depiction of a witch being burned at the stake. We have been accused of inspiring violence against women, and we've been compared to the violence in Darfur, Sage Osterfeld, a spokesman for Port Brewing, told The Times. <sighs> Seriously? Um, I, I, I dated a Wiccan when I was in high school, and uh, actually in a little bit out of high school. Uh, I, I, I can actually uh, I can pinpoint her as being the person that completely fucked me up emotionally for the rest of my life. But uh, anyway, I don't want to give her complete credit for that. Come on. Be too much. Um, I, don't, I don't think most Wiccans are that fucking pissy. Um, oh, no. Roy Black on Craig says those Hitler beers don't say that they're brewed by the Reinheitsgebot. And Mitch left the bar and says no more huge tits. And you didn't get a picture! 
Dude. Dude. Oh, oh, you are going to lose your man card, dude. And Sherry's going to lose her man card, too, for what that's worth. Um, but I, I'd like to, you know, given my experience with Wiccans, I'd like to think that they're um, not as humorless as uh, as these bitches, perhaps. But I don't know. Uh, New England Brewing Company is Gandhi Bot Double IPA. I, I I went into this. I went into a whole rant on this. Uh, how do you pay? Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Prasad Srinivasan. How do you pay homage to by naming a beer after a man who is totally against alcohol? A Connecticut legislator. Yeah. He met with the brewers of the double IPA earlier this year, calling the beer insensitive to the needful. Uh, our intent is not to offend anyone, but rather pay homage and celebrate a man who we respect greatly, the company wrote in a Facebook post. Of course, as we know, New England Brewing changed Gandhi Bot, so they wouldn't be off the Indians who are not even going to drink the beer in the first place and they are, they're just going to shit in the river and and not have indoor plumbing and they're going to keep raping women and blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Garage Project's Death From Above Indochine Pale Ale. Many American veterans and non-veterans were offended by the New Zealand brewer's image of helicopters showering the Viet Cong with napalm. <laughs> Oops. The Indochine Pale Ale Brewers intended the label to be, quote, playful, but RSA President Don McIver found it cheap and disrespectful. Um, now, to be fair, I don't necessarily see... Um, napalm being dropped I'll, I'll post this um i'll post this image in the chat i get the feeling that the helicopters are dropping hops it's a lot of hops that they're dropping death from above by hops um i'll see roadblock on crack says wiccans are busy larping anyway um to be fair i was uh i, I was creeping around and i found a uh found an image of my ex uh was it on Twitter? It was somewhere. And she was wearing an outfit that did look like uh, it would be uh, appropriate for LARPing. So you are probably completely right there, sir. And uh, my block on crack, they should have named it after the guy who shot him. Who did shoot Gandhi? Uh, I didn't even realize it was shot. Who shot? Who shot Gayar? Gayar? <laughs> more like Gayar. Who shot dead Gandhi? Uh, Natharim Godse, which is pretty close to Goatse, in my opinion, uh, assassinated on January 30th, 1948, shot at close range, he was outside in the steps of a building where a prayer meeting was going to take place. Well, see, that's, that's a fair point, you know, prayer, uh, it's not going to keep you from getting shot, um, uh, who is it, Doug Stanhope said, you're better off crossing your fingers and saying jinx. anything else Ooh. Um, I'm curious if anybody else has ordered stuff from inside the cellar I really 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 want to order more stuff from there I just um, I can't bring myself to do it yet just because shipping is expensive and the, and the, and the beer is expensive too uh, damn Mission has a hard root beer uh, Telegraph Brewing Rhinoceros Belgian style barley wine I know they have um, 
Fuck, they have a, a Modern Times beer that I want there. Abel Brown Coffee Ale. Oh, damn. They got stuff from Prairie Artisan Ales, Golden Farmhouse Ale, Aged on Apricots. God damn it. But, but, I will make an order from inside the cellar if something happens. Of course, I always go on tangents on this show, as I should. Um, at my work, they are doing a, uh, a Healthy You initiative kind of thing. And one of the things they're doing that you can sign up for is a uh, walking challenge that I believe starts sometime next week. Now, you can either get a pedometer to log your walking, or they allow you to um, sync uh, your Fitbit stats, I have my Fitbit, to this site that they're running everything through. And prizes are given to, uh, I think, like first, second, third place of overall steps taken during the time period that they're doing. I think it's like a one or two week period. There's also a prize for the uh, most steps in one day. First place, I believe, is some kind of $100 gift card. Second place is, and I think it might be like, you know, a, a you know Visa gift card so you can use it anywhere. Second, or the, uh, the um, most steps in a day, I believe, is a $50 gift card. And you guys that follow me on Twitter and knowing my obsession with Fitbit and getting my steps in, I usually have 7,000 steps in by like 7, 7.30 in the morning. I think I am a fucking shoe-in for not only the $100, but $150. Because one of those days, particularly a Friday when I have hockey in the evening, and I'm going to, oh, 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 I got to talk about that. Ah! Um, I'm a shoe-in to hit 20,000 steps, and uh, I don't think anybody on my campus is going to get even close to that. So we will... We will see what happens with that. If I win that, I'm fucking ordering what I want from inside the cellar. My wife cannot stop me, goddammit, because that is free fucking money. But uh, yeah, my my uh, my deck hockey team's on a, a two-game winning streak, shockingly. Uh, we're now 2-3-1. and one. Uh, We won our last game 9-1. to one. I, I actually scored a motherfucking goal. First goal of the season. Oh, fuck yeah. It's a beautiful shot off a rebound right in front of the goalie. Boom. Poked it backhand right over that motherfucker. Oh, I was so fucking relieved because I I had at least 12 shots on goal that night. Just parking right in front of the net, grabbing up rebounds, and finally, finally, finally. I know you guys don't give a shit, but I was very, very proud of that because... I wanted to score a goal so bad. I love playing hockey. I'd do it more often if I could. So back to this article here. Lost Coast Breweries, Indica IPA. Lost Coast, hey, we heard about them earlier with their tangerine wheat. The controversy, a California man named Bridger sued the brewery in 2005, accusing it of a hate crime and claiming the Indica label intimidates Hindus from practicing their religion. What? It intimidates Hindus from practicing their religion. 
How is a beer bottle stopping you from practicing your fucking religion? Seriously. Deer, along with other defendants like Safeway, found the depiction the Indian elephant god Ganesh, quote, holding a beer in one of his four hands and another in his trunk. Offensive. Lost Coast Brewery discontinued the beer soon after the controversy. Let me post this image in the chat. Jesus Christ. I mean, seriously. Is a beer bottle really stop? Ugh. It's intimidating Hindus from practicing their religion. Oh no! I saw a beer bottle! I cannot be Hindu anymore! Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, it's it, it's it's the same with the gay marriage argument. Is gay marriage going to make your heterosexual marriage any less valid? No! <sighs> fucking people. Honestly... It seems the fucking Indians complain more about beer labels than anybody else. Seriously! Fucking Gandhi bot, Indica, come on. Intimidates Hindus from practicing their religion. Fuck that. Uh, oddly enough, it was an IPA. Uh, Sweetwater Brewing's Happy Ending Imperial Stout. I talked about that last week. It's the one with the geisha on the bottle and then a, uh, a box of tissues on there. I don't think it's exp- I don't think it's offensive, but I mean beer is an adult beverage, but apparently adults can't handle you know adult situations. Um, let's see, we got Stark Brewing's Mount You Golden Cream Ale. Okay, perhaps they may have a slight point with this one, although this label is actually kind of hot. Uh, cute little pinup right there. Many craft breweries seem to forget their customer base is not exclusively 23-year-old guys. Having said this, I know plenty of 23-year-old guys who are mature enough to realize these labels are terrible. So who are these labels aimed at? Are breweries intentionally looking for a customer base of sleazy, uneducated men? said specialty beer store owner Jason Alvey in a recent blog post after banning the brew from his shelves. Uh, branding specialist Ben McCoy said, so can sexual innuendo work? Yes. Will increase your brand's reach? Doubtful. Is it worth the hassle? Probably not. And you know what? I, I, I think it is worth the hassle because I had not heard of Stark Brewing Company before this. Now I have. Uh, the controversy over the bottle and the play on words and everything, full marks to them. Promotion. You know what? They won, honestly. Uh, this is one I talked about, I think, last year, a while back. Uh, Hop Valley's Mr. IPA. And if you don't know why Mr. IPA could be offensive, well, let me read on. In 2014, Jezebel reported that Hop Valley's Mr. IPA stood for Mouth Raper. A former employee said, I'm 100% certain among the brewers, my staff, and apparently also some of our accounts, the real name was indeed Mouth Raper. Hop Valley responded in a Facebook post saying, we have a series of draft beers named Mr. Orange, Mr. Black, and Mr. IPA. It has come to our attention that an urban myth and street name has emerged surrounding Mr. IPA. It has since discontinued the IPA. That is curious. Now, did the Mr. Orange and Mr. Black come before or after Mr. IPA? 
if they came before, valid case. They came after, they're trying to cover their asses. Mouth raper, I get the sentiment, uh, but in this trigger culture, you and, oh, you're just a fifth male and you're oppressing me, I've been triggered. Not, not, Not a smart name for your beer, even if it's a street name for it. And then the last one in here, Pig's Mind Brewing PD California Style Ale. PD. PD stands for <clears throat> Panty Dropper. Of course, the label says, did someone say blueberry? Refreshing, crushable, scandalous? Hmm, Pig Mind's Brewing Company dumpster dived into the gutters of our mind, searching for the ultimate sin we now present PD, California Style Ale, Police Department, Purple Dinosaur, Positive Discipline. We will let your pig-headed minds decide for themselves. It's a refreshing ale on a hot Friday night. One after another, PD will leave you smiling cheek to cheek. Obviously what they were going for there. I mean, the imagery of this one is clearly obvious, and you had to know women were going to get pissed off over this. And, uh... I want that in an image tag in the chat. I know what I'm doing. Um, to be fair, they had to know people were going to get pissed off, and maybe they were looking for the publicity. So, controversy. The image of a woman with their underwear around her ankles didn't go unnoticed. I don't care if these are the greatest beers ever. Given the breweries, money for them is an acknowledgement that this immature, sexist mindset is okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, what if I get a growler fill of it? And I don't see the label at all. Uh, and I just see PD California style ale. I don't know what PD is for. I just, I'm getting a, a blueberry ale out of a growler. Maybe. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, immature sexist mindset is okay. Said Amy Cavanaugh in a post on Time Out Chicago. Cavanaugh cites examples of women in the beer world, like the head brewer at Evanston's Tempest Beer Company, Claudia Genron, Haley Shine at Rock Bottom Brewery in Chicago, Mary Brower. I'm sorry, Mary Bauer at Lagunitas uh, Brewing Company. Kavanaugh says beer isn't just boys club anymore. These offensive labels alienate half of their potential drinkers. You know what I would like to actually see? Um, the women brewers, the women in the beer world, I want to see them make labels that are well, that you would think potentially could be offensive to men. I want to see how men react. Um, let's see. Um, let's have a um, SDM stout. SDM short dick man, perhaps. Something like Do something like that. I want to see if men, when it comes to beer react the same way that women do. I'm very, very curious. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll get pissed off about it. Um, fuck, Pits- ah, Pittsburgh's already beaten Ottawa. Fucking cocksuckers. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Fucking. I-, I really hate the Penguins, and I really, really want them to miss the... Fu- of course it was fucking Crosby scored 10 seconds in. God damn it, Hammond. Gotta make a save, dude. Ugh. Um. Ugh. I really, really fucking hate the Penguins. Uh, 
Um, no penalties yet. Shit. Ugh. Annoyed. Really fucking annoyed. I I know if the Penguins get in the playoffs, they're not going anywhere anyway. But I'd be happier if they just didn't make it at all. But anyway, um. Oh shit! I'm still in the air, aren't I? I almost did a P rock there. Um. Yeah, so I, I I will never understand why people get so offended over beer labels. If you find it that offensive, you know what? Don't drink the beer. Let to be honest, I mean, I I don't let a beer label dictate what I am going to drink and what I'm not going to drink. Um most of the time I'm looking for a particular taste, a particular style of beer. The beer label does not influence my purchase. Do I think the art style on a lot of bottles is, you know, worthy of being called art? That it's appropriately appropriately creative? Of course, yes. Uh, but is it worth it to get offended over that? I mean, or offended over a name? I mean, no! Intimidates Hindus from practicing their religion. I'm still really fucking pissed off about that. That how a beer and a beer label, a beer label that, a beer that they're probably not going to be fucking drinking, can intimidate them from practicing their religion. What is 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 the beer label attacking them physically? Is it some kind of um, psionic attack? You know, is it is it inciting people to smash the bottle and stab them from their Hindu temples? What stupid! I am not a religious person. Um, if religion is your bag, fine. Personally, I think it's a waste of time. I think it's stupid. Um, and judging by these articles I'm reading, uh, Hindus seem especially stupid, but we're all free to do what we want. We're all free to be as stupid as we fucking want. Um, oof. Yeah. Uh, the, the deep cocoa that I was drinking earlier, uh, 8.5% ABV. This was a large 25-ounce bottle, so that may explain my state of mind right now and how I'm just being, you know unabashedly racist apparently um you know what we got 10 minutes left uh let us get into the uh new releases and reveals for the week um it's pretty impressive there are like two articles i've been sitting on for the past couple weeks and i still have not touched good kev you save material for the following week so you don't have to work as hard Seriously, I still always worry week to week if I am going to have the proper amount of material. And I always manage. I think part of it's my rambling, part of it's the chat, and I give you guys thanks for that. This week, Chris Bradley, bless his heart, helped me out the first part of the show. And again, youtube.com slash destination beer show. Uh, check that out. Let me see if it, uh, it should be live by now. 
wasn't when I checked during the break, but uh, that was pretty, pretty close to seven. Destination beer. Wait. No, destination beer show, Kevin. Jesus, what the fuck is wrong with you? Promote properly. Um, damn it. I don't see it up there yet. I only see the previews. Chris, where is the show? I'm going to go on Facebook and look. Um, maybe he scheduled it like I did and things were, were incorrect. I don't know. But uh, YouTube.com slash Destination Beer Show. Check him out. And apparently Sherry needs wood. Mitch, get to it. Get to it. I did that last night, goddammit. My uh, in-laws are out of town, so I, I took advantage of that shit, goddammit. My wife doesn't listen. She don't care. Goddammit. Yes, yes, I got laid last night, so fuck all y'all. Ah, first one we got here from Yards and Einstock from Iceland. It's Snorri's Awakening. I am curious about this one. It is a collaboration between Yards and Iceland's Einstock Brewery along with Lacombe Coffee Roasters. It is a 5.5% ABV coffee pale ale brewed with specially, uh, I'm sorry, specially? Specialty coffee named in honor of the 13th century Icelandic historian and poet Snorri Sturluson. It's available now on draft and in bottles. And I am sufficiently intrigued. And, uh, son of a bitch! Son of a bitch, uh, Roy Black on Crack just uh, sent me a link. He tried he tried to rickroll me, and it says, this video contains content from SME, which has blocked it in your country on copyright grounds. Um, but I think this one works. Uh, does this one work? You know what? I'll use this as the uh, background for um, the uh, new releases and reveals. Yeah. Fuck yeah. How can you go wrong with this song? Um, so available now in draft and in bottles for Yards and Einstocks, Snorri's Awakening. I am hoping that I uh, that I find this uh, particular beer. Let's see. We got Anchor IPA in cans. It's what I'm thinking of. You wouldn't get this from any other guy. God damn it. Such a catchy song, god damn it. How can you not love fucking Rick Astley? I mean, not even ironically. I mean, it's a catchy song. Um, Anchor IPA. It joins the canned lineup. Third canned offering in Anchor's 119 years of operation. The first two were Anchor Lager, followed by Brotherhood Steam Beer. Anchor IPA was first released February of last year. The cans should be hitting shelves about now. I'm almost positive I have seen this in stores. Uh, Duclaw X10, the newest addition to the Exile series. It is a 6% Saison with Cantaloupe. Available in 12-ounce bottles and on draft starting tomorrow. You up! Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and desert you. 
Okay. Uh, we got from Terrapin a new canned offering. I know you guys don't want me to fucking sing. If I'm going to sing, I'm going to fucking sing fucking some scream post-hardcore kind of thing. Uh, Terrapin Pumpkin Fest. It's coming to Cannes this fall. First released as side project number eight in 2009. It's an Oktoberfest-style beer with pumpkin spices, cinnamon, ginger, allspice, and cloves. The 12-ounce cans should be hitting shelves in late summer 2015, as most other pumpkin beers do. Give you up. Ah, next we got Allagash. Invisible Orange. And let's post this one in the chat here. Uh, it is, uh, let's see, the base beer for this is a Belgian-style porter aged in French oak wine barrels for 18 months. Then blood orange juice is added just prior to packaging, ultimately classified as an American wild ale when all is said and done with this one. Interesting combination of flavor elements. Uh, the, the Belgian style, the porter, the oak wine barrels, and the blood orange juice, you get a whole mishmash of stuff there. And I like, I really hope this particular thing works. Um, it's said to be dark brown in color with chocolate and roasted notes throughout the flavor, so you get the porter there. Uh, you get the blood orange in the aroma and an acidity at the end. So release to be announced on this one, 9% ABV, 12.7 ounce bottles, corked and caged. And then, uh, let's see, what do we got here? Uh, I don't have an image for this one, but we got Flying Dog, Earl Grey, Black Wheat. Oh man, this song's over. Uh, what the fuck is the other, what the fuck is the other, um, oh, that's the other Rick Astley song. Here we go. Yeah. End the show with some Rick Astley. God damn it. Yeah. Pale white boy. Uh, Flying Dog, Earl Grey, Black Wheat. It's another Brewhouse Rarities release. 6.3% ABV. Wheat Ale with the balance of a finely brewed cup of black tea. And I'm wondering if that could be a new trend pairing tea with beer. Because again, there was the Don't Panic from Carton Brewing. That is, the name is an homage to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And that goes for that Earl Grey tea uh, I'm trying to remember if it's the aroma or the flavor with that one but it, that's going for that kind of tea sense to it uh, you had the green tea IPA the Japanese green tea IPA from Stone green tea you almost kind of see that closer with, with an IPA but uh, a wheat beer going with the tea aroma and flavor very curious very curious um I'm hoping I see this one. It's supposedly on shelves now. Um, I don't believe it's in my area yet, but you know what? Let's uh, before we go, let's look on let's look on uh, beermenus.com. Beermenus.com. If you are not familiar with beer menus, it is an indispensable resource for finding the beers that you want to find in your area. Uh, you can follow certain places that are on there. Uh, they will update their stock. As they get it, you uh, will get emails about it. It's a good feed for it. I like to see when um, the locations around me are getting new growler fills and everything like that. But let's look up flying, uh, flying, goddamn, flying dog, Earl Gray, black 
we I have a feeling it might not even be on here yet. Oh shit it is. Uh closest place that has it near me. ShopRite Liquors in Caldwell. Ah, right down the street from Hammy. And then the next closest one is ShopRite in Little Falls, New Jersey. So I'm not driving out to Caldwell to get this, but uh, if, uh, if they got it in Caldwell, it will be showing up near me very shortly. And I want to get this. I want to taste it. God damn it, Pittsburgh is up 2 nothing. Motherfuck, shit, fuck, cocksuckers. Who scored the second goal? Bo Bennett, you fucking cock shit fuck face. Ugh. Hockey makes me angry. Playoffs make me even angrier. With that, I suppose that is the show for the week. Uh, the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. On Twitter, at E-D-I-C-A-U-S-A-D-C-S, at ABV underscore podcast. Uh, we got untapped. Alcohol by volume, all one word. Uh, well, that ended abruptly. God damn it. Um, and I, I, I love it. Let, let me know, honestly, I, I, I keep getting um, untapped ads uh, here and there randomly. Message me. Let me know if you're a listener. I'm, I'm very curious. Or if I just happen to be someone that pops up on another person's feed and you're friending me that way. Uh, but I, within the past couple weeks, I've gotten at least a few ads on there, and I'm very curious if you're listeners or if you're just random people. I'm fine either way, but uh, if you're listening to the show, let me know because it makes me feel better. It uh, raises my ego because I have very low self-esteem, and any little bit of validation uh, makes me feel like I'm uh, like I'm doing something right. Yeah. Uh, so untapped, I'll call by volume. Coming up next, it is, uh, well, it's a repeat of my time now with J5 because uh, the, uh, I don't want to call him a lazy Negro, but he hasn't set up his computer yet. He apparently moved into a new place, so he can't be that lazy if he's importing a new place, but he hasn't been able to set up his shit yet, so repeat tonight. But that is followed by an all-new Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. Uh, Have a good week. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, drink yourself silly. Because I'm doing that right now. See you guys.